Edmonton, and Trent is here too. And once again, we're back against the advice of our family, our friends, and our attorneys. attorneys. Wait, we have attorneys now? We're, we're probably going to need them soon. Uh, we are podcasting once again. And if you're listening, you clearly didn't learn your lesson the first time. So, uh, <laughs> thank you for joining. So, somehow we have uh, we have now watched um, Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Which, I have to say, though not ostensibly the best of the prequels, is still my favorite of the prequels to watch. Which is, which is saying something. And we watched it very authentically. We watched it on DVD on an aging, very much aging MacBook Pro. So that kind of gave some of the flavor of the early 2000s from which it came. Uh, the random skipping and all. So, uh, and the questionable CGI. Hey, Yoda and Dexter looked amazing. They did, actually. I, I, will, I will grant you that. Uh, that... Actually, the worst CGI, I think, was the Clone Troopers. You could just... Why? Because it was the same guy 50,000 no, times? not that. Not that. The, like, the, when they had the helmets on, like, the glossy thing just... That, that was... How, that many, is, how many of it... How much... Well, obviously, they didn't have 10,000 guys in helmets, but... Yeah, but they could have had, they, like, a dozen just They probably the did camera. have a dozen, and they just copied the dozen 10,000 times. Well, couldn't they just make a dozen helmets? They did. Why didn't they film them? I mean, it doesn't look like they filmed people in actual helmets. I think they did. but If they did, they kind of, like, did some CG. There's some glossy thing on them that just does not age well. Well, anyway. Does can not we, look can good. We continue? Oh, well, we have, we've hardly begun. Um, so, I guess we should address, as you said, this is this is your favorite of the, the prequel trilogy, correct? Mm-hmm. Or the favorite to watch. Favorite to watch. Favorite is a strong term. Favorite to watch. Now, my uh, probably the best of the prequel trilogy would have to be Revenge of the Sith, but my my favorite to watch absolutely is this film. Uh, so, so what what are your favorite? What what makes this? What warms your heart about this film? Um, it's it's very quotable. It uh, a lot of a lot of the quotes in it. Um have some of the same style of humor that some of the original trilogy films have. Including the bad puns? Especially the bad puns. I'm not so sure, but okay. Continue. So there's 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 the script is full of humor and delight, including things like um, I slaughtered them like animals or They they are animals, but Oh wow. Okay. This this has gone downhill more <laughs> rapidly than I anticipated. <laughs> Also, this this film is very memeable. That that makes it even better. That's about all it's worthy of. Um, and not just the Mandalorians, but the woman Mandalorians and the children Mandalorians oh, too. Oh, okay. This, are there any other heartwarming aspects of this film? I just mean, off the top of your head, the uh, the I'm not really here for the love story, but nobody the, is the, the political intrigue. I I thought was very well played out. And, sure. of course, the clone troopers are just, you know, the bread and butter of the, the franchise. Uh, not not just not just of the prequel trilogy, but of the franchise as a whole. Yes. Uh, so, um, um, maybe. 
I would say the bread and butter of the franchise are the two droids, which we'll have to talk quite a bit about because they're... Why do we need to talk about them? Uh, well, well, we'll get to that forthwith. Uh, first, we should probably begin at the beginning in the seedy, desperate plot to murder the now ex-queen, now senator from Naboo. Uh-huh. Senator Padme. Yes. Uh, so it begins... With an explosion. With an explosion. And why... Kaboom. Why does it blow up on Coruscant? Maybe that's irrelevant, but... Where where else would you expect it to blow well, up? It'd be a lot less public if they destroyed the ship just out in the middle of space somewhere, but maybe that's impossible because they're traveling light speed. I suppose yeah, there are exactly. some... Well, they're still getting... What happens if you blow up in, in light speed? Uh, your pieces, I would assume, come out of light speed, but... I don't know that anyone's ever answered that question, actually. Because, yeah, I mean, surely a ship has malfunctioned once in a while while in hyperspace. Yes, I mean, but I don't know that anyone's ever actually answered that question. I feel like that would be a much cleaner way to dispose of them, then. Just just have a time bomb that goes off while they're in hyperspace. But you can't predict when they're going to come out of hyperspace. No, while they're in hyperspace. But you can't predict when they're going to come out of hyperspace. I think of a pretty good idea. They, they, they have a pretty obvious path. They're going from Naboo to Coruscant, so somewhere in the middle. Just... But there are hyperspace lanes. Oh, That's what you don't understand. There are You're hyperspace right. lanes, and there's other traffic in these hyperspace lanes. There's no actual science. So how do you this. how do you blow up one specific ship without blowing up ten other ships by accident? If you know so much about hyperspace, you're gonna have a lot to answer about when we discuss uh, Rise of Skywalker. But anyway, okay. So we so they had to get blown up on the planet. Although and again, I the 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 actual blow up is pretty good because the the person that ends up getting killed is it's just. A decoy. Yes, but also it's just sort of thrown clear of all the wreckage and is just laying the, in this the, neat little But the thing that space that I thought was interesting is I mean no blood, hardly a scratch on her. She's No, just, she she had she had blood. A little. A little. But okay, the like thing she was like trimming a plant or something, the, you know. The, she was trimming a plant and cut her mouth. It was a big plant, I don't know. Well, um the thing that got me though, alright? The scene before the planet, when the ship is landing before the explosion, you see the senator talking, or you see the back of the senator's head, and you hear the voice no, of you do not. Natalie Portman, you the actress not. who plays the senator, but you, you don't. You see the back of a different actress. head. It sounded head. nothing like her. It did. It's uh. Natalie Portman's voice. Natalie, if you are out there somewhere, please, I don't know, send me an email or something. Clear this up. And what what if she does and she confirms that it was indeed her voice? Then you know what? I'll print that out and you can put it on your wall or something. Well, I don't know go. if you can get an email autographed, I guess. I don't know how that would work. But All right, so then we have to discuss the plot, which is your meme discussed is pretty um, outrageous. Laughing in Sith Lord? No. Oh, the other part? We send a bounty hunter to send a bounty hunter to send a droid to send two worms to kill the senator. Yeah. What is up with that plan? He, the, the, the main plan on the part of the person who hired the original bounty hunter was that he was going to send a bounty hunter and the bounty hunter was going to kill the senator. The, the employer had no knowledge that the droid or the worms or the other bounty hunter were going to be involved. I mean... You know, I, I, well, I mean, we got back way up here. Okay. 
from the previous episode, we can confirm that the Sith have droids and they know how to use them. Yes. So, couldn't the Sith Lord have just sent a droid to this mission? But he didn't want a droid. He wanted a bounty hunter. Who sends droids? He, he didn't know the bounty hunter was going to send a droid. He assumed Fair the bounty enough. hunter would send... Fair enough. He assumed the bounty hunter would go himself, but... Well, I mean, I, I suppose that's neither here nor there. I'm just sure that the bounty hunter can be responsible for making sure that the job happens. Why does the bounty hunter have to hire a bounty hunter? It's his partner. Well, I mean, the bounty hunter didn't hire no, a bounty hunter. It, the bounty hunter worked with a partner. I mean, it seems pretty clear from the movie that this is like Django hired Zam to do the job. Because Django and Zam were partners and worked together frequently. But why? They're trying to kill one person. But they're partners. Do you not know what partners do? Partners yeah, they, work together to accomplish a single goal. That they probably couldn't have accomplished on their own. But Django seems like he could do this job on his own. But did he? That's why I want to know. Like, why didn't he? He seemed fully capable of it. But he didn't. Why? Because <laughs> he obviously couldn't, or he wouldn't have needed backup. But you didn't, you, you didn't need Zam for any of this. <laughs> you did. How? You did. That, that's the whole point. For, for what? What what could Zam do that he couldn't? I, uh, I don't, I don't understand your point, sir. That, it's not a point, it's a question. I don't understand your question, sir. Okay, I mean, couldn't Django have sent the robot himself with the, the, the worms? I mean, did he really Maybe he didn't have that. Maybe that was something that Zam had that he didn't. Couldn't you just, like, rent it from Zam cheaper than hiring her? Look, man, do you, do you not understand how partners work? Yeah, I get it. When you, you have you a very... Like, if, you have, if you've been sent to kill, like, a dozen people, it would make sense to be like, yeah, I, I maybe I need some backup on this. But this is one person who is, like, apparently very poorly guarded since they basically, like, turn her cameras off and don't do much to really protect her. Um... And R2-D2 isn't much help in this situation either. There's another question I have. It says Django entrusted her with the assignment of killing a prominent senator. Why is R2, like, sleeping? What do you mean? What I said. Even droids have to recharge. But can't he still stay awake while recharging? I mean, my laptop is sitting over there charging right now, and it's running, so... But that's how droids... That's how droids in all Hollywood things work. They have to Why? Be, they have to be in standby mode or sleep mode in order to recharge. Why? That that's that's the equivalent of sleep for them. Your they body don't need re- sleep. Your body recharges itself when you're sleeping. But so a droid's machines. body recharges itself when the droid is in sleep mode. The machines don't sleep. Does your air conditioner ever sleep? Like I mean, but it recharges itself. No, it just gets electricity. It doesn't. But. My laptop that, is charging. But that electricity has to come from somewhere. Well, yes. So R2-D2's electricity has to come from somewhere. Fair so when enough. he has to replenish that electricity, he goes into sleep mode. Well, why? This is even seen in the original trilogy. But why? But it's in the original trilogy, too. It just always seems to be there when it's like convenient to the plot point. But R2-D2 sleeps through half of episode five, so... When? The entire time Luke's with Yoda. No, R2's like running all over the place. But there are times when R2 is sleeping when Luke I think is sometimes he's just standing to the side. And he has nothing to charge on, so it wouldn't matter. 
No, Luke has his little portable thingy that R2 plugs into. Well, I mean, how much power can that have? I don't know. I feel like R2 runs around with plenty on his own. But anyway, that's that's beside the point. Okay, he's, so, he's R2, the wonder droid. He gets a pass because he can do whatever he wants. Apparently, if it's if it's good for the plot. He's R2-D2, the wonder droid. Leave him alone. Yeah, the wonder droid who can't spot worms. The wonder droid who can do anything but talk. So, so we, we don't but know we've, why. We've established, as I said before... Every single character in every single movie would be dead without old R2. Yeah, well, uh, Padme nearly died thanks to R2's oversight, so... But she didn't. R2 did nothing to prevent that. <laughs> but she would have died in episode one had it not been for R2. I suppose, but you know, R2 wasn't very much help later on. And again, we still have to establish why uh, we needed Zam in this whole thing. And also, I tried to explain that to you, and you didn't get it. So you don't understand. Okay, if nothing else, like first of all, like like your book says, like okay, he hires her to take out like you know a senator. Like you know, if I was like a professional bounty hunter, like the best in the business kind of a thing, he's widely regarded as being the best yeah. bounty hunter in the galaxy. So like, I feel like taking out a senator is a pretty high profile target. Like that's the kind of thing I would only trust myself to do. That's the kind of thing that you don't want on your resume as a bounty hunter. Yeah, you kind of do. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, like you be like, like if somebody that, took that, out a well, but you also have to consider that's a good way to get yourself killed if something goes wrong, and you know, the the whatever hits the fan, you gotta make sure. That you have an out, and if you're trying to kill a senator, senators are some of the most highly guarded people on the planet, and chances are you're not going to make it out with your skin. But isn't he the best in the business? Yes, but... So why would he send someone who is not the best in the business to require something that would need somebody who's the best in the business? I don't think you understand. I don't think you... (laughs) Like... I could get it, like, if, if, if this is, like, some small-time criminal and he's like, this is kind of below my station, I'm going to kind of pawn this job off on someone else. All right. But, I told you. But this, like, she's requires his, skill. She's his partner. Is she, though? Like, yes. I mean, she just seems like she's, she's just got kind of... It's not like... I think it's more like a subcontractor situation. They, they've worked together on other jobs before. Yeah, but this this seems like a subcontractor they, situation. They've worked together on other jobs okay, before. Okay, but it still seems so like that a, makes it. So that would mean she's his partner. It seems more like a contractor subcontractor relationship. It's not though. How do we know? She explicitly says she was hired by. And she almost says Jago. Yeah. She she says she was hired by. Well, it's implied that she was hired by Django. Well, we don't... We assume she was hired it's, by Django. I think it's pretty strongly indicated that this is a... Django was telling her what to do. It's not like yes, a... Yes, we, we know that Django was telling so her what to do. So it's a contractor subcontractor. No, it's not a contractor subcontractor. This is like Django's building the house it, and no, he hired an electrician. No, it's, it's like Count Dooku hired Django and Django's like, I can't do this by myself. I need help. Hey, Zam, come and help me. But he clearly could have. But he didn't. Why? Because he couldn't. Or but else he would no, have. But it seems like he very well could have. But he obviously couldn't have or else he would have. But that's... Mm, ah, ah, okay. Alright, what's next on your list? Uh, what's next on your list? So why does Zam drive around in her human form? 
Because it takes a lot of energy to change into her alien yeah, but, form. Yeah, but but no, because like the the you remember that one little scene that kind of glanced at you, like when she kind of panics and goes back to her normal form. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like that's the form that actually takes the least amount of energy to be. Well, actually, so why that, that is just... her natural form, and she. But the reason that she drives around as a human is it's easier to disguise yourself as a human than it is as an but alien. She's alone in like a cockpit. So why does what's she hiding from at that point? But normal person goes by in another spaceship. It would look less strange to them to see to see a human fly by than it would to see an alien. We fly, fly by. by like a million aliens in that scene. There's aliens everywhere. But anyway, what do you mean anyway? This this seems like a a reasonable question. I just explained it to you. She blends no. in better as a human. What, to what? There's aliens everywhere. Like, yes, if she was, like, on Earth, sure, that would make sense. But she's in Coruscant. Like, every ship they pass by where all the aliens are cussing at them, they're all aliens. Mm-hmm. Like, being an alien is not really unusual on Coruscant. I don't have an explanation for that. Exactly, because there is none. It doesn't make sense. I'm sure there is one, but I can't uh, think of one at the moment. I, I think it's just because the actress wanted to be as the actress. You know, Anyway, moving on. on screen time. Oh, oh well. Else? Yeah, so they... Yeah, they somehow chase chase. That's a got a good question. So why does Django just kill her and not the other two people interrogating her? Cause like I feel like three shots would would have done it. Like, but he he uh, he didn't. You know, like the whole movie could have stopped right there. Like it just would have been that. Yeah, that that would have really tied it in really well to the other the other franchise. That's why it doesn't make sense. Well, the other the other thing is, you know, unless this he, bounty hunter's on the top of his game, panicked and ran away. But he, uh, so he killed her so that she wouldn't give out his name. That's reasonable. But why doesn't he kill the two people interrogating her? Why does he need to kill them if they didn't get the information they needed? Then they're not going to be able to come after him. I feel like they're still kind of a threat. They're no longer a threat. If, they saw him, but they don't know who he is. Still, like, why not just kill him and just kind of clean up everything? Like, you could see him, but just because you see him doesn't mean you know who he is. I mean, I saw a guy walking down the street today. I have no clue who he was. That's spooky. But why not just, like, get rid of all three of them and that would just clean everything up? Like, no tracks. You know, kind of a dead men tell no tales type of situation. This isn't Pirates of the Caribbean. Still, like, I think it would be the most efficient thing to do as a bounty hunter. Just clean but up the whole mess, kill everyone who saw everything happen, just Well, move then on. you'd have to shoot, like, a thousand darts. Cause no! There were, there were, okay. There were a thousand other people standing I'm there. Being facetious. Just the three people! There. Bam, bam, bam. Gone. Done. Problem solved. And jetpack away. Then Darth Vader would have never come to exist. Well, that's not his problem. And Obi-Wan Kenobi would have... Actually, that is ironic. What? You were... Wow. I didn't even think of that. What? The the guy that... The, wow, that's so weird. What? Anakin goes on to hire the son of the guy who should have shot him. And? That's a really weird relationship. Why? I mean... Like, that's just really weird. It would just be really weird. He didn't do it, though. Like, if you're fighting some guy, and, like, you actually, like, you know, your bro- your, your your partner wound up killing him, and then, like, his son came to you for work, like, that'd be a weird relationship. I don't know, man. It's Star Wars. 
This is all very... Yeah, that, that, that is an odd connection. Continue. There's, like, way too many connections in Star Wars. It's, Con- it's, like, it's a very small world well, in the I, galaxy I did, far speaking away. Speaking of connections in Star Wars, oh, boy. I, I did find it humorous when uh, they're, they're walking into the nightclub, Obi-Wan Kenobi says to Anakin Skywalker, why do I get the feeling you're going to be the death of me? And then, yeah, that's a pretty good line. And then just two movies later, Obi-Wan is killed by Darth Vader. Goes around, comes around. Yeah, so... Yeah. So the bounty hunter situation's pretty weird. Um, what happens even next? Okay, so we got... We got so then they tell Obi-Wan to track down the bounty hunter. And they tell yeah. Anakin to take Padme back to Naboo. Yeah, which is clearly a great idea. Um, why did they trust Anakin to this job? I guess because they were familiar. I don't know. Yeah, because... Did, did all these Jedi just not sense that maybe Anakin has feelings for her? Like, really strong, you know, no, urges? obviously they don't. Like, is everybody just so unaware of the way he even just looks at her? And well, the obvi- awkward well, flirting? It and, also it also has to do with, you know, the fact I that guess, he's committed himself to the Jedi Order and Jedi are not supposed to have yeah, those feelings. And he's also, like, spontaneous and uncontrollable. Like, he, he seems like he's still kind of a loose cannon, you know? Oh, he absolutely is still a loose cannon. But, but they still trust him, even though he's clearly showing signs of feeling look, for her. That that That's not any of my business or yours, but... It is our business. We're watching the movie and analyzing it. I'm not analyzing it. I'm just enjoying it. Uh, okay. So... Um... Alright, yeah, we're just gonna ignore that the Jedi are apparently ignorant of their Padawan's feelings. Um, but but what about Obi-Wan and his chase of bounty hunter man across the galaxy? Yeah, so I guess that that, that goes well. Uh, so yeah, he goes he goes to a cool a cool fifties diner, gets gets oh, the info. Speaking of going to the cool fifties diner, hmm. Dexter Jetster deserves a Disney Plus series. I feel like that would ruin some of the mystique. No, absolutely not. Mm, okay. Friend of mine actually had a very good thing to say about that. He said, in the movie, Dex is shown as just a slobbish owner diner on Coruscant, but he evidently knows more about the galaxy than seemingly anyone else on the planet. Even though it's never blatantly mentioned, it's pretty clear that Dex has had some amazing adventures across the galaxy before eventually retiring and opening a restaurant on the capital planet. That's what you always do after it could, a boxing it, career. It could really help expand this franchise in the way that many other series ideas couldn't. Yeah. It just seems like their their attempts to give backstories to people have sometimes backfired on them, but <coughs> solo. Um anyway. <coughs> I'm gonna pretend you didn't say that. I did actually I, I, I'm I, actually I, pretty favorable of that film, but I like nobody else film. was, so that's was. probably why I was favorable to that film. That one so, felt the most like a Star Wars Western, even more so than The Mandalorian. Maybe, yeah. Um, so back to, so yeah, so he they, they goes to... <laughs> I guess that's the other funny thing. Like, everyone seems pretty obtuse in this film. Like, Why? The scene like where he's like wondering where the planet went from the archives. Because it should be there, and it's not, because it got deleted. Yeah, but like nobody stops to think that it was deleted. Like, it takes going to, a, like, a child and be like, oh, duh, yeah, I guess that could happen. Like, But, like, because as far as Obi-Wan knows, it's impossible to delete things. Obi-Wan even himself says, 
nobody can delete things, right? And Yoda's like, only a Jedi can delete things. Obi-Wan clearly has no IT experience. No, he doesn't. I mean, do, do things not ever just get corrupted and deleted in the Star Wars universe? Is, like, information no. storage perfect to now? Apparently. Apparently. But you also have to remember uh, it was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So wouldn't that make it worse? So maybe they had it perfected and then... We forgot. Uh, we forgot, exactly. Okay, so... Anyway. He goes to he goes to Geonosis on his pretty cool spaceship thing. His, his really cool spaceship. It is a really cool spaceship. Delta, Delta 7, I believe, with, hyperdrive, with accessory hyperdrive booster ring. It should have taken R2 with him. No, he didn't need R2. He had R4P17. So he goes to the planet where it infinitely rains and people ride around on dinosaurs. Yes. And Which I still don't I'll totally understand the point of that, but I thought it was cool anyway. That does look cool. So they... Uh, yeah, the planet of eternal rain. I do... Yeah. And also this, where the people sit in LED soup ladles, but, you know. Yeah, that's what I want to say. This, this film is very much a product of its time in this way because it's really like the Apple Store planet. Like, everything inside is bright and white and shiny and, like, that's that 2000s Apple vibe. The, and and the chairs are, as I said, LED soup ladles that descend from the ceiling. Yeah, and everything looks futuristic and round and bubbly. Like, it's, it's the Apple even, store Even planet. the people look futuristic and round and but bubbly. It's like the, the, the circa 2000s era Apple store But I'm saying even, even the people look futuristic and round and bubbly. Weird and slender, I suppose. And tall. I and guess white. it's Slender Man's planet. <laughs> it might be. It might be. Which I guess brings up another interesting question. So, the one thing I realized about this movie this movie is like just an entire, fi- like, ex machina as a film. Like, everything that happens is a, is a there, deuce there ex already, machina. There already is a film called Ex Machina. Well, I. Uh, but the whole film is just about deuce. Like, it's literally They have not. a problem. There's an army. What do we do? We don't have an army. Oh, look. We have an army. Wow. Where did that come from? I don't know. Some guy has been planning this behind our backs for 10 years. Apparently. Well, convenient. <laughs> and they're clones, which happens to allude nicely to something we vaguely referenced a long time ago. Well, um, they're... They actually... They specifically mentioned the thing in the original movie he goes yeah. you served my f- Leia says you served my father in the Clone Wars so they had to write that in there somehow so I guess that's the question so first of all you know like placing an armor for an army is a pretty it's a pretty hefty order do you do you know who placed this order well I'm trying to remember does the do they talk about Darth Tyrannus on that on the on the on the planet on the Which gene, planet? on the on Camino, on Camino, yeah, the the rain planet, yeah. No, they well actually yes, because Django says, "quote I was hired by a man uh, called Tyrannus on one of the moons of Bogdan." That's racist. But Master Sifo-Dyas, who placed the order for the clone army, was not Tyrannus because. No. Because Dooku was really surprised when the clone army just kind of materialized. Yeah. yeah. Do you do you know why this is? Because Palpatine is the one who ordered the clone army under the guise of Master Sifo-Dyas. How do he pay for all that? Embezzlement. A lot of embezzlement. That's, that's a lot of money. I'm sure he's also substantially personally wealthy, but... That wealthy? 
We don't know how much senators make. I mean, enough to make their own armies, or I guess start their own countries if they wanted to. I don't know. It seems pretty, uh... That's a big army. Of course, then again, as we see in the the final film of this entire series, Palpatine, I guess, just has a knack for just conjuring up entire armies out of nothing. So, I suppose... What do you mean? Like, in... Rise of Skywalker, he just happens to have his army lying around on this planet he has what all you, to himself. What, what do you think that he's been doing for the last 20 years? If I had 20 years, I'm pretty sure I could not conjure up an army. If I had 200 years, I don't think I could conjure up an army. <laughs> but if you had the force, you could. Eh, eh maybe. Also, know. here's here's the other thing about that. You ever see any soldiers in that army? No, you just see a bunch of vehicles. They're just on autopilot, I guess. I mean, I had to build all these things, like, uh, yeah, okay, so, so the, the explanation is that, that the what's-his-face was, never actually did place the order, it was all Palpatine placed the order? Yes, Palpatine placed the order, Master Sifo-Dyas actually was never involved. <sighs> but see, then here's a question, so, how did Palpatine plan to bring the army out of, you know, hiding? Well, what do you mean? Like... Presumably, he wanted to start this whole war, right? Right. So what was... Because it seems like the army comes out kind of by accident. Like... What do you mean? Well, I don't think... I don't think Palpatine planned for Jango to shoot someone with a poison dart and that a random Jedi would take that poison dart to someone who just happened to know where to find that planet so that he would happen to go to that planet and find this army that was magically waiting there (laughs) just so they could finally bring it in at just the right moment. Like, that... I'm pretty sure Palpatine didn't plan that. <laughs> okay, that part is probably true. So what was his plan? Well, as Aslan <laughs> says in Chronicles of Narnia, we are never told what would have happened. Well, that's what I want to know. But, but Aslan I mean, also says, I'm uh, telling you your story, not his. You are never told I, what happens in someone else's story. I feel like that's kind of important here because, like, did the clone army come out too soon? Like, was Palpatine kind of surprised? Like, whoa, wait. No, you guys weren't supposed to find that yet. Hold on. <laughs> Clearly he wasn't all that taken aback by it. He's apparently rarely surprised by any time his plans don't go the way they're supposed to. Um, that just seems odd. Also, can we talk about the Count Dooku they mentioned was a Jedi and then decided he didn't want to be a Jedi anymore and became a Sith. Yeah, it seems like a common career path when you no longer want to be a Jedi. Well, think about it. You have the Force. You don't want to be a Jedi. There's only one place left to go. Yeah, there needs to be like a Jedi retirement community. There is a... There is... They call them Grey Jedi. They're like, I will do what I want with the Force, whether it's good or bad. As long as I think it's right, that's what I'm going to do. I get, yeah. Dooku seems like just a random character, too. Like, how does he fit into the whole... What do you mean? Well, remember, there's only ever two Sith at a time. Master and Apprentice. So, did, like... Darth Maul died, so... So, Dooku got hired immediately after Darth Maul died? I mean, this seems like... Darth, I mean, Darth I guess Maul... there are ten years between this part of the story, so... Yeah, so, like, he, he got a new Apprentice, because... His last apprentice didn't turn out well. So he, he got a new apprentice because his last apprentice didn't, you know, survive. Apparently. So in that case... Wait a minute. I'm trying to remember which parts uh, Dooku was lying about. So do they, do, does Nuke Gunray still know he's working for Sidious? 
Yes. Doesn't it say somewhere that they like they worked with them and then stopped? Well, like he says something about that. Oh, he he was betrayed by the Dark Lord of the Sith. Who says that? Does Dooku say that? Dooku says okay, so. to Obi Wan that Gunray was working with the Dark Lord of the Sith, and then he was betrayed. So I guess Dooku was just lying about that. Okay, I, I suppose it's still unclear what they're real relationship is, though, because we still don't really know, as discussed in the last movie, what the Sith are really providing these other people, but be that as it may. I told you, power and money, the two things they crave they most. they really provide neither, but... Uh, I told you, power and money, the two things the Nemoidians love most. Oh, uh, yeah, except they can provide neither one of those things, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, right, so yeah, they... Yeah, so I guess we, we think, I don't know. So why does Django have a kid? Because he wanted one? But that seems like the kind of thing you would not want as a professional bounty hunter. Unless he's just decided he's hanging up his bounty hunting for a while. Well, he knows he's not going to live forever. Why does that matter? Like, so, Does he need a dynasty? Like, why does he care? <laughs> he apparently decided that he did need a dynasty because he, got, he established like the, himself the one. The emperor of bounty hunters? I mean, what... Hey, when you're when when you're the best of the best, you gotta make sure you have a legacy to leave behind, right? Why? I'm pretty sure what he's done is the legacy. Once he's dead, he's dead. What does he care? But also, again, you want to tie it back into the originals. This is a pretty desperate way to do it. No, I thought that was actually really clever. But yeah, but like, I mean, it's it's actually the same. I am looking at this Mandalorian poster in your room of Baby Yoda. It's the same problem as the Mandalorian. Why? Because well, you know, when you're like a bounty hunter and your job is to go into dangerous situations and, you know, kill people, mm-hmm. having a child with you is kind of a drag. It's like kind of the but last thing you want. If you notice, and also if you read uh, that book that I was reading, mm-hmm. he's training his son to be a bounty hunter. Why? Again, because as I said, he knows he's not going to live forever. Why does that matter? So he's training his son to follow in his path. For what? So when he's gone, his son can be the greatest bounty hunter in the galaxy. So what? It doesn't really make actually any sense. It actually does, but... Well, it doesn't. It does, um, but... Alright, so, yeah, the mystery of Django's path. Which remains. I explained, but you don't get. <laughs> Alright, but, like, we... Uh, how, how do you even, like, what's... Like, what does Django have to lose once he's dead? Like, why would he care that there's he's, some he's a, great... He's a Mandalorian. Mandalorians oh. all have to have a children, a child... Really? ...to carry on their legacy. I'm not so sure that's true. They're also it not says, supposed to be hang, taking their helmets off, but Django basically runs around without it all the time. Well, so. actually, that there's, there's a thing about that. Yeah, of course there is. Right? Mandalorians are all very much uh, clan-based, and only Mando's specific clan believes that you can't take your helmet off in public. Is Django even part of a clan anymore? I mean, like... No, he got kicked out of his clan. For being too good? It never says why he got kicked out of his clan, but he got kicked out of his clan. Then what does he need a son for? Like He, he wants like... a son. Okay, well, that seems like a really, really bad thing to want when you're a professional bounty hunter. Look, man... I have to say, too, I think this is, like, the only series on Earth that, like, bounty hunters get, like, talked about so much, like... What do you mean? Like, 
I mean, even in, like, you don't really actually hear about bounty hunting that much, even in, like, westerns or in, I don't know, literally anything else. It's just Star Winter Wars. Soldier? Winter Soldier is a bounty hunter. Yeah, Shiv Katal kinda. from Buzz Lightyear of Star Command is a bounty hunter. I suppose. Mm. I'm probably I'm probably over generalizing westerns anyway. There's there's <sighs> lots of western movies that have bounty hunters that's, in that's them. That's probably true. So there's a pretty cool spaceship fight that, that is. Mm-hmm. Although Jango gets kind of beat by the trick Boba Fett pulls later, but except that Boba never actually pulls that trick, but. Although, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know, we're either jumping around or ahead of ourselves again, but... So, uh, since we're following the, the path of Jango and Obi-Wan, mm-hmm. can we talk about how Obi-Wan lands on this planet, breaks into their secret hideout, grinds out all the information he wants, gets out of the secret hideout, is out in the desert in the middle of nowhere, where he finally, apparently, there's enough guards to actually capture him. What do you mean? What do I mean? Yes. That's like breaking into Fort Knox, having your way in there, and then, like, going to Montana, and someone finally suddenly catches you. No, the, everything you just said is wrong, explain, as Luke Skywalker then. would say. Explain. What is to explain? Okay, this is their base, their fortress, their secret hideout. There should be crawling they, with Geonosians who would capture him. Why didn't he Geonosians get captured? Geonosians are busy. They ain't got time to... Evidently not, because they're, when... They're, they're building droids. No, they ain't got on, time to guard things. Because when Padme and Anakin walk in, all these Geonosians are just standing around just in this hallway with nothing to do. Because, and... uh, you know, work's over for the day. The whistle blew and we went home. What? There's clearly work going on. The factory was still running. But the whistle blew and we went home. Work's over for like the a, day. A Geonosian union or what? <laughs> ah... It's five o'clock. Everyone went home. They didn't. They just stand in the hallway in the shadows, waiting for people to pass by. Okay, I guess we have no solution for that either. Okay. So yeah, while Obi Wan is out getting captured, uh, meanwhile there's the 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 burbling romance between Anakin and Padme. It begins with some creepy glances and Padme saying, please stop looking at me. This looks very uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable. And then they take R2-D2 with them for no apparent reason. Hey, R2-D2 is amazing and I will hear no argument on that point. But why do they have him around? (laughs) Because he's R2 the Wonder Droid. Who does what wonders for them until like they get captured, I guess. R2 the Wonder Droid. And what everyone kind of in the movie, is... and everyone in the franchise would be dead without him at least once. Well, what's he supposed to do in Naboo? I told you, I also like... explained this to you when we were watching the movie. All Jedi are assigned an astromech, and R2-D2 happens to be Anakin's astromech. Except why? Because he was originally Padme's astromech. And not even really Padme's, it was just like the droid that was on a ship that's owned by the Naboo government. How did he suddenly get off and just, you know, become owned by Anakin? And then at some point it's after like, he you was know, owned you're... by Anakin, he was owned by Obi-Wan. It's like you're driving well, around actually, like a truck no, for the county. and then, like, he was you... never owned by Obi-Wan because that's why... That's why he was episode... owned by the Naboo government. But that's why he, um, he says in episode four, I don't remember ever owning a droid. Yeah, apparently. Except for R4, apparently. That was an oversight. A little, yeah. The how does R2 come into Anakin's possession? I, I don't totally know the answer to that. But. Yeah, it seems extremely... That, that, is, that is a funny thing I noticed in the movie. Like, the, the droids are, like, written in very clumsily because it 
it doesn't really make sense why any of them should be anywhere that they actually are. Like, R2 should still be on that ship. Just No, he shouldn't. But technically, like... No, he shouldn't. Why? Why should he? Because he's, like, the property of the Nibu government. <laughs> Is he, though? Yes! He, he was a maintenance droid. He did his job. He got promoted to do... What are you, what are you talking about? He, he saved everyone's lives, and he got promoted to a better job. It's like saying, like, you know, you have, like, a dump truck owned by the county, and the dump truck did a great job, so it got promoted no, to... No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm but saying... that's what it is! That's, that's not at all what I'm He's saying. A... I'm saying, like, you have a police dog, and the police dog saves somebody's life, and then the police dog gets made into something else. What, a fire dog? A... <laughs> I don't know, like, a service dog, a seeing eye dog. I don't know. He got promoted, okay? The dog doesn't know the difference. He got promoted. And neither should the droid. R2 has more personality than some of the human characters. But the humans don't care. They're just droids. But R2 has more personality than some of the human but characters. why do the humans care? Ah, <laughs> oh, and then... Oh, okay, so... Yeah, back to the, the love story, such as it is. Um, the forbidden love between a Jedi and a senator. Yeah, between, like... A very mature, confident woman and a rascally teenager. Told you, man. It's that five-year age gap. So why does she have any attraction to him, though, is the question. This, this is a great thing brought up on uh, on, 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 the, on that other podcast I keep quoting. Uh, incomparable, yeah. Why does she have any attraction to this guy? <laughs> she hadn't attracted to him when he was little. Not really. Not like that. Like, not like that. That would be really creepy. I mean, it, it, the seed was planted in episode one, and it grew... Like, they were good it, friends. And it grew into a tree in episode okay. two. In episode one, it's kind of like a child-babysitter relationship. <laughs> in episode one, the seed this is This is like planted. dating your babysitter. <laughs> it's not, though. It kind of is. Some 14-year-old watching she, an 8-year-old. 9-year-old. 9-year-old. She says, I care about you, and he goes, I yeah. care about you, too. Well, that's just cute. That's like what babysitters say. But, like, they don't, like, decide to date the kid. That's kind you, of weird. You you never wanted to date your babysitter? No. No. It's never never come up. Nope. Not to my recollection. You you never had any cute babysitters? And babysitter? if I were a parent, I'd be very concerned if the, the babysitter never, wanted to date me. You, but, you, you never had any cute babysitters? I mean, most of the time it was our cousin, so that would be kind well, of weird. I mean... I I actually I recall that I had babysitters that you never had, but apparently, I mean, like, are you dating them now? I mean, like, no, I'm not. I haven't talked to most of them in years, which but, is a normal relationship for. Well, she hadn't talked to him in ten years, and then they just meet and they decide to just. Uh, I mean, I, they, I guess they, they hadn't seen each other. I guess they've grown years. up into the half your age plus seven thing, but or have they? Half your age plus seven. Which I heard of this. I have not. Oh. Well, I need to look it up because there's a, there's a graph that will help us here. Oh, dear. So, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, half your age plus seven is a common uh, saying, trope thing. That's a, it's a rule of thumb to determine... Oh, you know what? When now, it's, now that you say that, I have heard of it. When, it. when it is appropriate for you to date someone of a different age than yourself. I actually have heard this now that you say that. So, let's see. Half your age... Age, age disparity in sexual relationships, as Wikipedia calls it. I prefer just half their age plus seven. Yes, the half. Yes, the graph. Graph. I need the graph. 
All right, so to have a safe five-year difference between the two of them, they'd approximately, eh, they're actually about the right age for that. Yeah, that would 19 work. 19 and 24, I believe, would be. Yeah, they're, they're 19, yeah, 19 and, and 24. So they're just. So it'd be 19 and 24 in that film. Um, I mean, they would just barely, barely, barely crack the, the in, barrier. In, in this film, they would be 19 and 24 because they said it's 10 years after episode half of 1. 24 is 12 plus and, 7 is 9. Yeah, so and, and they, they and, finally graduated and, to being able to date and, each other in, in episode one, appropriately-ish. In, in episode 1, he's 9 and she's 14. And so then 10 years later in episode 2, she's 24 and he's 19. Okay, fair, but... He is still very, very immature. Oh, I, I don't disagree with that at all. He's very immature. So why would Padme want to be with this guy? As someone currently in a dating relationship, I can say love makes you do crazy things. But this is like exponentially bad. I guess she sees potential in him. He's a fixer-upper. A Jedi fixer-upper who... You can it's fix this occasionally genocidal. with a little bit of love. A little bit, yeah. So, they spread their little bit of love all over Naboo. And then they go off and, to... Uh, then go off to Tatooine. Then there's the awkward moment on Naboo where... The you know, awkward she, moment? There's the about one, 20 of them. The one awkward moment where she's, you know, talking to him about her first crush... And she's like, he had dark, curly hair, dreamy eyes. All right, I'll get the picture. Well, that's like an innocent conversation. Compared to, like, that weird, creepy, firelit scene where they're... That's a... Ugh. I have feelings. I'm tortured by you. That's a real turn-on. I should probably try that one out, yeah. I, I would not recommend it. I am tortured without you. I can't... I, I can't live without your presence. I mean, I being around you is burning me up inside. I, I long mean, like. Ah, I mean, oh, I'm, ah. I'm, 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 I've never in my life said that to my girlfriend. Yeah, and I, 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 I mean, this is a really shady, weird, weird relationship happening here. I mean, I've, I've said to her, "I miss you," but I've never said my, my heart is breaking not having you with me. Yeah, this is a pretty weird, very strange relationship. But anyway. Yeah, we should probably move on. There's, there's, there's just nothing to talk about here. Um, so we're too, we've we've forgotten anything. Let's see. Do we have do we have the Jedi Council who apparently has no clue what's going on? Blinded got, by the dark side. Yeah, apparently that's what they said. That's what they say. So, so we. I feel like we're still missing some number of things that have happened. So, although can we talk about why R two doesn't jetpack upstairs? I told you, man, because it looks cooler if he climbs the stairs like a normal no. person. No. No, it doesn't. It, it looks, does. It looks like I would look if I was trying to, like... Like, when I had a stress fracture on my leg, you know, and I had to go upstairs, you know, it was a very clumsy affair. How how would you climb stairs if you had three legs? Very clumsily. But if I had a jetpack... But R2-D2 has three legs, and that's but how But if I had stairs. a jetpack, I would what? just solve the but problem. Again, as I said during the film, if you were the Rocketeer and you had a jetpack... Would you fly up the stairs, or would you walk up the stairs? Fly. Thank you. Why? Because that looks really cool. That's a waste of rocket fuel. Apparently, yeah. But he's also, like, you know, ten feet behind them when it's all said and done. Like, it takes forever to... Because he wants to let them have privacy. He's a droid! And he's curious. He doesn't care. But he knows when people want privacy. 
he's too cheeky for that. He he's he's cheeky, but he he's he's cheeky, but he's respectful of privacy. He's just more ambivalent. I don't know. Like, he's, he's cheeky, but he's respectful of privacy. I I'm not so sure he is. He's like peeking in the window when Luke and Yoda are talking together, wondering like why they left him to stand out in the rain. <laughs> yeah. If well, let me put it to you this way: if your best friend met a dude you'd never seen before, and the two of them went into another room, had an intimate conversation, and left you in the living room, wouldn't you be trying to eavesdrop on them? Yeah, when you put it that way, it sounds pretty weird, but... But yeah. that, that's what R2 did. It's, uh, I get, I've already asked why R2... Well, actually, now that, that you say that, point, now that, apparently. now that I say that, R2-D2 probably knew Yoda better than Luke did. Now that I say that, because he had more contact with... Apparently, yeah, I mean, they he had just more contact with Yoda than Luke. all the time. Because they're somehow clumsily that. written into all these stories to always be around when they're needed. I um, told you, man. Everyone in Star Wars... Would be dead without R2. The end. Which they all should be Which, dead anyway, because Django should have shot him. But. Interesting fact. George Lucas himself actually said his original plan for the ending trilogy was in the very last episode, you find out that this entire story is being narrated by R2-D2. Alright then. Yep. That, that's what George Lucas said. That was his original intent that you find out at the very end that R2-D2 has actually been narrating this whole thing. Be my original. My new intent now is to make sure we find out that it was all Padme's fault, but what does Padme do in this movie? Let's really think this through. Nothing. Nah, she does quite, I mean, she... Well, can we, oh, speaking of Padme, can we, can we talk about her leaving Representative Binks behind to make the opposite decision to the decision that she would have made if she had been present? Uh, well, you know, this, he thought he this, was being brave, so... Well, this is, uh... Although that's actually a question I have. This brings up the whole Darth Jar Jar thing again, because this is one of the key arguments in that theory of why Jar Jar is secretly a Sith, is because uh, there's no other reason that he would have voted for the creation of an army when Padme... When he very clearly knows that Padme would have voted against the creation of an unless, army. Unless Padme left him there mind-controlled to do just that. But Padme specifically told him, I want you to vote against the army. And You're he sure proceeded she to go... Like, waving her hand and behind, he, under her he, sleeve. He's like, she's like, I want you to go... She waves she her goes, hand. vote against the army. And so he goes to the Senate and goes, vote for the army. But she used telepathy to like say yeah. the opposite to him. She, she used her telepathy and said, vote against the army. So he went to the Senate and he used telepathy on uh, them and I said, vote she, for the army. I think I think she she has special mind control powers. She no, can she say doesn't. something. She doesn't. Make it look like she's saying something out oh, loud. So you're, so you're saying that she is secretly a Sith. Yeah, that's, that's so, what I'm trying to prove here. So everybody is secretly a Sith. Then. Just Padme. So everybody is secretly a Just Sith. Just Padme. You heard it here first, folks. Everyone in Star Wars is secretly a Sith. Just Padme. Now, I actually have another question. This this brings up a thing I thought about while watching this film. So, the big crux in the Senate is that apparently it's too controversial to vote to raise an army. So, rather than put that controversial vote forward, which seems actually pretty logical if you think about it, they instead put the even more controversial vote out to give one person emergency powers to do the exact same thing. What? All right, they kind of indicate in the film that, like, 
the idea of raising an army is like too controversial. The Senate's not going to approve it. Right. They, so they instead they say, clear. you know what? Let's put out something even more controversial. They never said that it was more controversial. I know, but it is. Like, Is it though? Yes. Can we prove that? Yes. How? All right. If you, if you came to our own Senate and said, Senate, do you think it would be a good idea to fund an army to defend the, the America? And they said no. First of all, why? But then second of all, say, okay, okay, guys, I understand. Yeah, that's, so, a, that's a little controversial. So what hold, if on, we, hold on, hold so on. So then we'll give the president emergency powers. That seems a lot more controversial. Why? Number one, because they give him power to do the exact same thing that was too controversial to vote on in the first place. They're in a state of crisis. So why not just vote to raise an army? Because it's too controversial. So instead they do something even more controversial? Why would they vote to do that instead? Why does that, like, somehow go over? Look, man. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> uh, I mean, do you admit you at least see that it doesn't make sense? I mean, at all? Please, please say something. What do you want me to say? Just say that it doesn't make sense. It does make sense. Wow! I already explained but how. it doesn't make sense. I explained how it could. The Senate is corrupt. Too corrupt to raise an army? They're starving under heavy taxation. So they appoint a dictator they to do the thing? Then this is the point! They didn't appoint a dictator. Well, they appoint one guy with emergency powers, and the point is they like appoint him to do the thing. And, and he specifically says, when this crisis is averted, yes. I will lay these powers down. Yeah, yeah, but, but they appoint him to do the thing that was too controversial to do, right? How does that work? Do you have anything else to say? I just want you to admit that that doesn't make sense. It does make sense. How? I explained how. But you haven't. I have. Explain it again. No. Uh, I'm not explaining it again. Then explain how my explanation doesn't make sense. <laughs> because you're contradicting yourself. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. <laughs> you're, you're getting hysterical and I'm... Um, Meaning mostly calm. Yeah, because you're just perfectly irrational. Less irrational than Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, at one point, says, you are asking me to be rational. That is something I know I cannot do. Yeah, that's a great thing to hear your bodyguard say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, not the best bodyguard. And definitely what you want to hear your boyfriend say. Like, yeah. I just can't be rational. That's, that, well, I that's mean, a real turn I've, on for women. I've I've done some irrational things for my girlfriend before, so... Doesn't your girlfriend look at you then and be like, that was irrational? No. Hmm. Okay, well. She, she looks at me and goes, I love you, babe. We're, we're not going to do any therapy here. Um, they track down the, the Lars family. The Lars family. Which I guess actually was a pretty smart connection. That actually somehow makes some weird sense. Yeah, and that explains. And, and actually, the, I forgot all the, of this was in this the movie. Connection I thought between all of this was in the next one. So. Uncle Owen and Uncle Aunt Baru. There's a lot. There's a much more chipper fellow in this movie. Well, yeah, because he's like 20 years younger. Well, I hope I'm not that grumpy at 40, but we'll see. Um, he's he's probably 50 or 60 in episode four, but yeah. So he gets to meet his stepbrother, and he's like, "So you're my stepbrother, huh? I knew you'd come around someday." It's awkward situation. And Anakin goes off and slaughters all all the people. 
And, that, and his and, girlfriend takes it pretty well. And not just the men, but the women and the children too. Slaughtering like animals. That's a, that's a real turn on <laughs> for women. They're like animals, and I slaughtered them like animals. It's beautiful, beautiful <laughs> stuff. It's well, actually, put that on a Valentine's you, Day card. If if you uh, you look at her face when he's telling her all this, she's horrified. She still takes it pretty well, but she's clearly horrified. So horrified that like she's, she's not clearly a, horrified that her boyfriend is now a mass murderer. So horrified that not a few days later she's like <laughs> desperately, hopelessly in love with him. I told you, man, love makes you do crazy things. Yeah, but this, he's, he's a but, serial killer, but but she loves him anyway. Yes. I Why? <laughs> because love. But she clearly doesn't. Like, she, she best tolerates him through this movie and then finally just cracks under the pressure of needing about to die. The Geonosians clearly drugged her. This, this is just No. Just stop. You're not even being no, rational. No, rationally, what's happening? No, you're you're not being rational. What's happening? You, you sound like Anakin Skywalker. You're, you're not being what's, rational. What's, what's happening? She She is playing hard to get through this movie as a means of seducing Anakin and driving him to his emotional limit so that she could toy with him and manipulate him into becoming the Sith Lord she needs him to be to to destroy the galaxy. See? You, you had me at seducing him and toying with him, and then you lost me when you said that she's toying with him and seducing him into becoming a Sith Lord. Sure. She's she's playing hard to get. She's toying with him. Yeah. She's driving him to his mm-hmm. emotional limit. Right. So that he'll fall hopelessly in love with her because she secretly loves him. No, she doesn't love anybody. She's the she's the evil Sith Lord in this. No. This, this makes so much sense, though. It doesn't. It literally does not on any level. She's probably doing, like, mind tricks on Palpatine. You're... Senate, probably. You're just... You're not even... Now who's not being rational? Well, think about it. None of Palpatine's actual plans work, so he clearly actually isn't that smart. He's just... He's he, he hoodwinked the entire galaxy, didn't he? Only because Padme manipulated him. With you can't tricks. prove that. I mean, you can't not prove it. I mean, I think I pretty just... I just pretty conclusively not proved I, it, I so... I think it holds about as much water as the Darth Jar Jar theory. Holds less water. I don't... Holds, yeah, holds about as much water as a leaking strainer. Holds, holds so much water you could sink ship in it. Holds holds so much water... It holds enough... It holds about as much water as a leaking strainer. That's how much water it holds. So, so they... They do their business on Tatooine, I guess, and uh, uh, what happens? And then Padme, actually, you will notice, Anakin, for once, wanted to do what he was told to do. And Padme proceeded to force him to be dragged off to do something he didn't want to do in order to rescue somebody that was important. Because he's angry at Obi-Wan. But, you know, normally, Anakin's the loose cannon that you tell him, okay, you stay here. Don't go to this other place to do this other thing. So the one time that he tries to actually do that, they're like, you know what? I'm going to do this other thing, and I'm taking you with me whether you like it or not. Yeah, oh, at all. So it's up. like, so oh, it's yeah, like, what's, so. what's the point of him, you know, trying to finally do what he's told when the one time he tries to do it, he he ends up taking flack for it? That's how the plot works. Before before they leave, though, let's address that they do accidentally steal C-3PO from the Lars family. <laughs> they don't. 
It seems implied that they do. It's... Wait, what? No. The C-3PO just seems to be kind of hanging around the ship, and then they just suddenly decide, you know what, we're leaving. Deuces, and they're out of there. Yeah, and... They don't even say goodbye to the Lars family. They're just... They're gone. Yeah, and... And they just take C-3PO? Because Anakin actually owns C-3PO. In fact, this is this is such a bitter irony, because, like... Yeah, Anakin owns C-3PO. Owen Lars eventually has to buy back the droid that got stolen from him. I didn't think about that, but you're right. He doesn't even like, really recognize both of these droids. Like, wait, yeah. The, the they one... They were here before. <laughs> the one... Just the one well, was a lot less shiny. Well, the one, I don't think he ever actually... I think he saw R2 for, like, 30 seconds. And then, still around. And then 3PO, um, since the last time he saw 3PO, 3PO had a memory wipe. That's true, because I was just about to ask, why don't they just, like, when they crash land on Tatooine again later on, why don't they just go straight to the Lars family? It seems like a logical thing to do, but I guess, yeah, C-3PO forgot. And no one did, too. <laughs> you go work in the sun for 20 years and then tell me you remember a guy you used to know. So, you know what I think actually happened? It's like, C-3PO disappeared, and for, like, three weeks, they didn't even notice, and finally somebody looked around and said, you know what, like... It's a lot quieter. Yeah, no one's being really annoying and depressing and telling terrible jokes, like, wow. This is great! That's probably why they just sort of let him go without a fight. Right? They probably planted it on the ship in hopes that he'd disappear. <laughs> well, that that actually makes sense. That makes more sense than anything else you said since we started recording. Wow, okay, well. So off to Geonosis to go as the, the two-person group plus a couple of droids to, to to do... What were they planning, anyway? To rescue Obi-Wan. But how? Well, we'll never know, will we? Because they got captured. The, see, this is the thing. The Geonosians need a front desk. Well, Padme, like, I feel like if a senator shows well, up, they should have Padme, been like... Padme says that she is planning to rescue Obi-Wan and tells Anakin, but you how? don't have to go... <laughs> She's like, I'm, I'm going to go save him by myself, and if you want to stay with me, you have to come with me. She just seems to go in. This very smart, intelligent girl goes in with no plan whatsoever. I'm sure she had a plan, but we don't know what it was. I mean, you know, her having a plan was a big part of episode one, but apparently she's just given up on plans these days. She just goes into this occupied base to be like, yep, I'm just going to walk into this, this place and rescue them. Just see what happens. We transmitted, Obi-Wan could do it, so... We, we transmitted your message just as you requested. Then we decided to come and rescue you. Good job. First, thankfully, she keeps that weird, like, pick-locking pin in her, her pants thing, whatever she's wearing. Ah, just in case. And then the Genosians didn't take it from her. She has a lockpick? What's a lockpick? What, what's wrong with having a lockpick? I mean, why does she have a lockpick? Why should she not have a lockpick? Senators just walk around with lockpicks, you know, just to pick locks periodically <laughs> as needed. I mean... Or maybe it was a hairpin, I don't know. It's yeah, exactly. Weird. It was a hairpin. She she always has so, her hairpin in so that So handcuffs movie. in... in I guess it's a gene-dosing handcuffs maybe can be yeah. picked by hairpins. Well, also, have you not seen literally any movie with a lock in it ever? The safe cracker, nine times out of ten, uses a credit card or a hairpin. There's no credit card, so hairpins it is. There you go. Case closed. And somehow, yeah, it's just not really any plan going into this. But, but what about the clone troopers? Did they yeah, come to rescue they... them at the Geonosian battle? 
So that's a, uh, that's a good point. Like, can we? But before we discuss that, I, I, actually, well, before we discuss yeah, that, can we can we talk for like two seconds about the animals in the arena? Yeah, I got the the rhino and the those are pretty terrifying critters. The, the the spider crab and the really deranged cat. Those are their proper names. Thank you. Yeah, I'll stick with what I'm calling them. The Acklay, the Reek, and the Nexu. How am I supposed to remember that? I mean, to be fair, I've often referred to the Acklay as a spider crab, but... It's pretty accurate, yeah. The, the Nexu is... It's, it's a cat with, like, ten eyes and a mouthful yeah. of teeth. And two tails, apparently. Very easily, like, uh, defeated, actually. And two tails, apparently. I didn't really, notice that. Yeah, that's pretty weird. Yeah, it's it's like a cross between like a saber tooth tiger and a porcupine, and definitely not a uh, T Rex. Definitely not a bunch of animals you would want to be eaten by, for sure. For and sure. Then then there's the rhino thing, except that it has three horns, and a rhino only has one horn. And it's surprisingly tameable. Uh, no, it's not. Anakin tames it like in about two seconds, only because it like didn't have choice. Reuse the force or whatever. Force can do whatever you want. Although I guess as we've learned in our in the most recent trilogy, like the Force, I guess can like tame animals. So why didn't they just like, you know, mind control the the animals from trying to eat them? Because not all Jedi have that ability. Only certain Jedi have that ability. So that's, not even the most powerful Jedi ever, Anakin, doesn't have that ability. That's that's not a natural Force ability. That's an ability you have to be taught how to use. Where did Ray learn it? I'm sure Ray learned it from her teacher, Luke. How did he learn it? I'm sure Luke learned it from his teacher, Yoda. And if Yoda was teaching all the other Jedi, wouldn't that be a thing to learn? Like that seems he, doesn't, like a... he doesn't have to teach it to every Jedi. I feel like that's a useful skill. Not necessarily. Yeah, kind of. You don't need to teach every Jedi how to talk to animals. Well, maybe the whole healing part, though, would be useful. I mean... There, there actually, there's a whole school of Jedi healers that specifically only use the Force to heal people. Yeah, we just don't find out about them until the last trilogy. But anyway, so there, yeah, there was an entire the animals. school um, of Jedi healers. If you read was. the Dark Horse comics, yeah. So they get kept. Oh, oh, right, yeah. So this. <laughs> There's a whole crux of the re- the excuse that Padme gives to go rescue Obi-Wan in the first place is that the planets are more conveniently located near each other. They're only a parsec away, so the Jedi won't get there in time. Because they'll have to come halfway across the galaxy. Yeah, and apparently also, the Jedi hear that Obi-Wan is dying, and instead of going to rescue him, they wander around the Senate for a few hours, and then say, ah, I guess I better go check on Obi-Wan, what with him being captured and all. That literally happens. <laughs> They're just waiting on some boring Senate hearing, and then Ace Windows like, oh, yeah, yeah, was, I, I guess an, I'd better leave now. It was, it was an important meeting of the Senate. More important than your own people, like, getting captured and they, killed? They, they, they have more Jedi. But Mace gets there first. He didn't get there before Padme and Anakin. Right, well, because as Because as he's dawdling around the Senate, that's cause, why. Because as, as Padme said... Tatooine's closer to Geonosis than Coruscant. And more to the point, they're not that far behind. I mean, it's implied that, I mean, they're what, maybe like... Several hours? 
Yeah, I, mean, I don't know how long. How long do you think before between like when they're captured and when they're executed? Because like several hours. I give it at least a day or two, I suppose. I mean, they have to plan this whole execution thing. I yeah. Mean, you know, it's a big event. They have to bring in everybody, so. Right, so. So maybe they had a day to get there, but I guess, yeah. Apparently they didn't mind because they're just sort of dawdling around. Anyway, so yeah, they get there and the clone troopers all show up with their weird glossy helmets and just. Yeah, the weird glossy visors on Lay a waste to those battle droids. And the super battle droids, yes. which this is actually the first movie where we see super battle droids. And yeah. we, we also see how much more vicious a super battle droid is than a regular battle droid when a super battle droid conks a mm, regular battle droid on the head to knock him out of his way. Yeah, they were still uh, obliterated by Jedi and clone troopers. So. Including, but not limited to, Jedi Bob. Maybe you should explain for the audience. For, for anyone who doesn't know, Jedi Bob was a character that first appeared in a Lego set listed only as Jedi Knight, but then has since developed a fan following who has given him the name Bob Shakurin and created an entire backstory for him. Love of our Jedis. And I'm still waiting for my Disney Plus series about Bob Shakurin. So to have the, the enormous super lightsaber... Battle, battle, battle thing. Royale. Battle Royale, yeah. And, yeah, let's see, yeah, and then they, Dooku escapes on his speeder bike with no protection. I explained it. that. I still think you would, you should probably be driving in some armored. So that's the thing, when you're like a gangster like he is, like, you, you drive around in like armored Cadillacs, not motorcycles. But you drive a motorcycle because you got two dudes in tanks behind you. No, you still drive around in Cadillacs, which are, like, but paranoid or whatever. You're, you're driving around on a motorcycle because you got two dudes in tanks rolling down the street behind you. But why not have the extra protection? But, but why do you need a tank if you got two dudes in tanks behind you? Somebody could just be sitting on a hill and just, like, snipe him. Like, the tanks wouldn't help but him. nobody just... was. I explained to like, you. Nobody's chasing him. Nobody's then chasing was... him. So he gets away and then a when, little bit. When finally somebody starts chasing him, then he signals to his two tanks, and the two tanks come up behind the people chasing him and shoot them out of the sky. We're out of rockets. We can't shoot them. And our guns apparently don't work, so... <laughs> well, your guns don't work without ammunition, goofball. Yeah, because they happened to run out at just the right time. Guns don't work without ammunition, sir. Well, he doesn't say anything about the guns. He just says we're out of rockets, like... There's 50 guns on this gunship they could shoot with, right? Maybe he's out of range of the guns. Did you consider that? There's he right there. He's in eyesight. You can throw a football and knock him off that thing. <laughs> Just because you're in eyesight doesn't mean you're in range of guns. Uh, uh. I... <laughs> like... Just because just you can see him doesn't mean you can he's hit him. He's not, like, off in the distance a mile away. There's, he's, like, 50 feet in front of them. I don't know. That's my point. It doesn't make sense. Well, uh, I will say one of one of the one of the most famous lines from the the clone troopers in Star Wars: The Clone Wars. If we draw them out, we can see them. If we see them, we can hit them. Well, evidently not, because they are out of rockets. So, for want of a rocket, the 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 Republic was destroyed. Anyway, so. So he gets away, and then... They get into their... Anakin and Obi-Wan. Anakin loses them, but Obi-Wan 
does not, even though he... He, he gets he gets a slash across his arm and a slash across his thigh. Just inches away from losing limbs. Yeah. Limb loss is such a strange thing in the Star Wars universe. Why? It's strange and inconsistent. Well, actually, um, I... This is going to sound terrible. I kind of was hoping that Rey would lose a limb to carry on the tradition, but, you know... What a bizarre... What a bizarre world we've created. <laughs> yeah, well, so they have their... Which is a pretty decent fight, I would say, and then in the, in and the then saga. And then 870-year-old Yoda comes in and just, you know, completely, like, shows off that he, despite the fact that he's, you know, older than all three... That he's significantly older than all three of the other combatants combined... That he is more nimble and agile than any of them. Uh, to a point. Anytime he's in a lightsaber fight, he never wins. But he always fights to a stalemate. He never wins, but he always fights to a stalemate. Yeah, but he never does win. We never get to see him win one. In the well, two boss battles, especially when it matters most for the fate of the galaxy, in, he in, manages to lose both times. In episode three, into exile I must go. Failed I have. Yeah, so I guess he's he's not that great of a lightsaber fighter. He's the Jedi Grandmaster. Who still loses to all the Sith he comes across. I mean, especially, well, he especially should not have lost to Count they, Dooku. I think know? they should let the Sith win because... Well, you know, you know why he especially should not have lost to Count Dooku? He was his trainee. Yes. So he especially should not have lost to Count Dooku because he trained they... Count Dooku. How to, you know, use a lightsaber in the first place. They should probably let the Sith just do everything. Because really, this this is a great example. Like, the Jedi are bureaucratic and, you know, just can't... They just can't handle things anymore. They're just... They're too, you know, cumbersome. The Sith just... They're, they're agile. They just get things done. But they're also tyrannical dictators that murder thousands of people at the drop of a hat. Yeah, <laughs> But they are a lot better at uh, being Jedis. I mean, they out-Jedi the Jedi pretty much all the time. Except that Qui-Gon Jinn was the most Jedi-Jedi to ever Jedi. Yeah, so he got killed by Sith, too, so... Well, actually... And not even, like, some Grandmaster Sith, like, just well, the Apprentice dude. But actually, one could argue, Shuru Imwe from Rogue One is a better Jedi than any of the Jedi, and he wasn't even a Jedi. Probably. She sent him up some Sith. Oh, so... Have, have you... You not seen that video about Sharut versus everything? No. Nope. So they let they let Dooku escape again. This time on his really cool ship with like the sail thing. I believe it's not called a really. solar sailor. I'm not entirely sure how it works, but it looks really cool. Yeah. And he goes to the uh, the the industrial the the upscale low rent district of Coruscant. Yeah, where Dark Lords of the Sith just hang around in old factories. Talk about their evil schemes. Deep within the bowels of an old power plant, a sinister plan is hatching. Undoubtedly. I feel like we way over-summarize this movie, because this was like a long film. Like, there's stuff in here I totally forgot was in this film. I thought some of this stuff was actually in the third film, but apparently not. Like, this is just a long, a long, punishing film. I think it's only an hour and a half. I felt like a solid two hours. Is there anything we are forgetting, though? I'm sure there is, but I can't have, think of anything. We have Django hiding his armor after Obi-Wan has literally just seen it. Yeah. Well, 
Let's see how it's going to get me. We haven't, we haven't confirmed that he saw it. Probably did. He um, he hit it so that it would not be seen. Uh, let me see. Um, what language does he talk to Boba with? Because he never talks. But he never talks to him in that language any other time. Hoodies. They just have to teach him hoodies just in case he needs a. Yeah, he actually. Of course, I guess they do a lot of business with huts, so I suppose yeah. that would make sense. Yeah, he taught him hoodies because sometimes he wants to say things to Baba that he doesn't want other people to understand. Have we, have we discussed this yet about the huts, though? What about the huts? Uh, uh, we should have brought this up in the last film. They're, they're gangsters. They're Yeah, but how did they come into lords. power? They're crime lords. How? What do you mean, how? How did they become crime lords? What do you mean, how? Like, how did they get power? I don't know. That seems like a pretty, pretty big question because they don't seem like the kind of characters. There's, there's been a hut cartel for thousands of years. How did they start it? I don't know. Like, who looked at these slugs and said, "Yeah, these guys look intimidating. Uh, they let's make them super criminals and give them a lot of money." Like, oh, that's interesting. Why do they have so much money? Oh, that's interesting. What? Leonardo DiCaprio met with George Lucas for the role of Anakin Skywalker, but was unavailable. Ah, what? This could have been so much better. Maybe I don't know. We still would have had to fight with the script, but it still could have been better. Well, speaking of fighting with the script, uh, Natalie Portman said that Hayden Christensen, the guy who plays him, quote, gave a great reading. He could simultaneously be scary and really young. Yeah, definitely creepy. Any other anything else we missed in this film? Yes. What? There's, there's a lot of things that we've missed well, in this Do story. tell, do tell. We got all all night to I mean, punish our listeners with more. I mean, can we talk about the tragedy of Boba Fett? Yeah. Another great reason not to be a bounty hunter with a kid, but... Well, most, most kids don't ever expect to see their parent killed in front of them. Yeah, it says most kids' parents aren't bounty hunters. Bruce Wayne's parents weren't bounty hunters. Yeah, that's different. <laughs> Is it, though? Because I feel like it's not. Well, okay. See, for Bruce Wayne, it was a tragedy because, like, his parents weren't, like, in some dangerous line of work that would have, like, gotten them killed. But, like, for Boba Fett, his dad is in, like, a line of work where you're very likely to get killed. So well, why it does still he... is a traumatic event when you're it 10 is. years old. So, but why did Django have a kid in the first place? Because he wanted a kid. This seems like a, a great reason not to have a kid is because you might end up abandoning him before you intend to. But he wanted a kid. It seems like a very selfish thing for the, for the father. But yeah, Django gets to be bitter and then goes on to work for the guy that his dad previously tried to kill his partner of such a weird, weird tangled world they live in. What else? Well, can we also talk about the representative beings? I believe I've mentioned this proceeds to do the exact opposite of what Padme very explicitly gave him instructions to I do. I told you. Padme mind-tricked him. Padme it. gave him very explicit instructions. She Ooh. said things out loud she wanted everyone else to hear. It says, This was the first Star Wars film to be outgrossed in its year of release, placing third domestically and fourth highest grossing worldwide. Well, that's... Sure, cost some money to film it too, so I guess that worked out well. Um, can we can we talk about the fact that um, the uh, separatists, the majority of separatists, aren't actually evil people? 
They seem like just generally sleazy people. I mean, they're not all sleazy people. I mean, they they hang out with there's 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 an episode of Sith Lords, but there's there's that. an episode of the Clone Wars which addresses the fact that not all separatists are sleazy people because there's a whole episode where Anakin's apprentice Ahsoka meets a separatist who genuinely believes that the separatist cause is right and that Count Dooku is a hero because he doesn't know that Count Dooku is actually a Sith. Well, given how corrupt the uh, actual Senate seems to be, it seems they might not be entirely wrong. So what is their plan? To start some weird, like, libertarian paradise? I mean... I have no idea what their plan is, but... Well, speaking of plans, I nearly forgot. Uh-oh. It seems like a, a slight oversight they may have written themselves into a corner. How so? So we, we see a brief allusion to the Death Star plans. Yes. So... We, we see this allusion the Geonosians design it, but then why do we have the Krennic people designing it later on in um, Rogue One? No. The... Are they just doing, like, the finishing touches or something? No, because... Um... The, the Geonosians design it, but they put Krennic in charge of building it. Krennic is, is nowhere at all involved yet. Actually, I don't think the Geonosians even designed it. Cause they have the designs right there. They have the designs there, but remember Dooku says that he was just storing them there. He he wasn't really... They didn't have anything to do well, with the creation I, of I, them. I think just that the Geonosian general says they're building it. Or designing it. No, he says something like... I don't remember his exact words, but he basically says, we can't let them know about our ultimate weapon. Well, it seems... I mean, it seems like the Geonosians' engineering is being used to build the battle droids and everything else, so... They're, they're building battle droids. They're and not building the Death Star. And... Who's building all these ships? Probably the Geonosians. It's... No, the Geonosians don't build spaceships. They How do we know? They have a droid factory. They don't build. They don't have a Couldn't spaceship factory. They also factory? have a spaceship factory. Do we ever see a spaceship factory? Well, no, but the whole planet just seems like a big. That's industrialization seems to be their main, you know, economy. So it stands to reason, you know, they're probably getting a bulk discount. You know, buy a million battle droids, get five ships free. You know, like and. And if you act now, we'll throw in a planet-destroying super weapon. Why not? Why not? I, 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 you had me, then you lost me. Well, I mean, so... Why do they have the planet? Why do they have the plans there? Um... I told you. Uh, it still seems kind Count of odd, Dugu like... was, you know, was storing them there, because he was there. So I'm starting to wonder, though, maybe, like... They really didn't have plans. Like, the Geonosians were just sitting around having Geonosian beer one day and said, you know what? You know it would be really cool, guys? A planet-destroying super weapon. I mean, we already are building these, like, weird round donut hole ships. What if we just took the donut away and turned that into a big laser that could blow up planets? Did you notice in the plans, like, it's the plans are in this little tiny disc thing, and, right. like... Like, they're on a hard I mean, drive. I guess they're, 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 on they're still smart enough hard to drive. be on... R2, too, but even though they're also in these giant data tapes in the, the later movies, like, the, the amount of storage necessary seems very inconsistent, but it seems like they may have had, like, they just sort of, like, drew the concept art, but they needed someone to actually design the thing, or engineer the thing. Yeah, that's where Krennic came in. So really, the Geonosians just, they just had the idea. 
Yeah, they just had the idea. But they needed Krennic, and Krennic needed, um, needed Mr. Urso, whose yeah, no first name I forget, Galen, Galen Urso, to make it come to fruition. And no, nobody else looked at the idea and said, this is probably not feasible. <laughs> they just went for it. Well, Tarkin, Tarkin saw it, and he was like, this sounds brilliant. Make it happen. Yeah, Krennic the saw this idea and was like, this is brilliant. I want it. And, and then Vader. the engineers saw it, and they're like, oh, this is not feasible, sir. And, and Vader's the middle management and, and the executive said, well, we want it anyway. When the Emperor, all right, when the Emperor tells you, I want it, you make it happen, whether it's feasible or not. Yeah, that's that that Palpatine's planning. That, that would be like, you know, if, if Henry Ford had said, I want a gasless engine, and the guy in marketing is like, gasless engines aren't possible, sir. And Henry Ford was like, make it happen. Except Henry Ford would have some mechanical understanding as to why. But can, can we talk about, right? So they planned the Death Star. But can we talk about why they didn't plan the exhaust port? Well, see, that's the thing. They clearly signed they actually didn't do much engineering homework on this idea. They just had the idea. Well, okay, but see, if you watch Rogue One, Galen... He actually says that he designed the exhaust port on purpose. Right. But that implies that, like, there was a lot of engineering work. Like, they, they, it implies that the Geonosians didn't really figure out how the guts of this thing would work. Like, they actually kind of pawned that off onto, you know... Galen Erso and his yeah. team. So, evidently, the Geonosians, like, had the idea, and it really was probably not much more than concept art at that point. Right. But so it really maybe begs the question of why it really was that big a deal if they did steal it, because I don't think the Jedi would have believed them. They didn't believe anything else, so. Super weapon? No, they wouldn't do that. But they did. Actually, that seems to be the Jedi's problem. They just, they just, they assume that nobody would do the things that, like, are actually being done, you know? Because most of the things... Then, like, are... Yoda eventually say at one point, it's like, no, Dooku's a Jedi. He would never do something like that. Because like, at the time, he was a Jedi. Well, you're not a Jedi at that time. He said it. No, he wasn't, but he had been a Jedi. It just would not occur to Yoda to think, huh, yeah, maybe some guy that's been trained in Jedi arts and then abandoned the Jedi way, maybe he's gone rogue and is doing sketchy things now. <laughs> but... Like, that's totally beyond Yoda's but, comprehension. But Mace Windu says, I know Count Dooku is not in his character. That's not the kind of person he is. Yeah, apparently this, these people are very bad judges of character. No, because they said Anakin was dangerous. Yeah, and then they said, but yeah, let's send him on, you know, to privately guard this woman he clearly has feelings for. Now, while we're at it, we'll leave uh, Palpatine in power, because, you know, he seems like a nice guy. He's just a lowly senator from Naboo. Along with Darth Padme. He's just a lowly senator from Naboo. Leave him alone, man. Darth Padme. Just rolls off the tongue. No, just everything about that theory just is garbage. I don't know. I don't know. You you haven't given a single credible shred of evidence for uh, it. Seducing Anakin certainly seems credible. No, it doesn't. That that. I mean, what drives Anakin to his breaking point? Think about it. Padme. Exactly. But why? Because she's seducing him. Because she's in love with him. Because she's driving him to madness so that because he will destroy the Republic. he's in love with him. I don't know. Well, so wait. According to your theory, then, out of the right side of her mouth, she's saying, 
Anakin, destroy the Republic. And out of the left side of her, her mouth, she's saying, I love the Republic. I love democracy. No, she's... That, she's that's being literally subtle. what you're saying. She's being extra subtle. She's saying one thing. So literally what you're saying is that out of the right side of her mouth, she's saying, Anakin, help me destroy the Republic. No, she's... And out of the left side of her mouth, she's saying, Anakin, I love democracy. I love the Republic. Yeah, but you see, she's, she's saying all these nice things about democracy to goad Anakin into being more angry about it. And that's why Anakin, like, decides to overthrow it. That's all part of her plan. It, it makes so much sense when you think about it. But then explain to me why she is so upset when he's like, I did this for you. I destroyed the Republic for you. I want you to be my queen and we can rule the galaxy together forever. She's an excellent actress. We, we'll, we'll have to figure that out in the third movie. I'm sure there'll be some... I mean, it's possible she's just so evil she was willing to die for her own bizarre scheme, you know? You're not even being rational. I mean, maybe this was maybe this is like her way of revenge. As uh, as as Anakin you said, you're asking me to be rational, and that is something I cannot do. This is actually, making, I'm asking you to be rational, and that is something you apparently cannot do. This is actually making more and more sense all the time. See, because because maybe this all this all started when the Federation invaded her planet, and so as revenge to the whole Republic for failing her, she's destroying the galaxy. Like no, just ev- just stop talking. You're not even making sense anymore. Yeah, well, it's not the rest of the movie does. So, mm, um, I'm. I think I actually have been the voice of reason on this podcast. Oh wow! To, okay. Contrary to the last wow. podcast. Wow. This podcast, I've actually been the voice of reason. Yeah, you haven't answered any of my very sorely burning questions about how your some of your sorely burning questions don't even make sense from a rational standpoint. I think they do. But anyway, is there any other uh, rational things you'd like to, to bring up? Well, it has been some time. I suppose we should uh, think of some closing remarks. So, um, yeah, so I... Uh, oh, I do, I oh. do uh, have my... my uh, I still hold my pet theory that Boba Fett, Moana, and Jason Momoa's Aquaman are all half-siblings. Yeah, now that they're on Disney World, I mean, it's anything's possible. Anything's Except that Jason Momoa's Aquaman is owned by Warner Brothers. Well, I guess not. They'll just have to use a uh, Marvel equivalent. But uh, yeah, any any closing thoughts? Um, um, again, you are, you you seem to love this film a lot more than I did. So, hey, uh, all I'm gonna say is, can't wait till the Mandalorian season two to see Tamara Morrison as Captain Rex. Okay, well, that had nothing to do with this movie exactly, specifically, but okay. Well, Tamara Morrison plays all the clone troopers and plays Jango Fett. Fair enough, fair enough, yeah. So we'll get to experience a, a, a shred of this movie again, unfortunately. Only better. Yeah, I guess uh, my final... I, again, I actually forgot all these, like, the creepy love scenes were in this film, so this is actually a much worse film than I remember it being. Um... But I guess that means I'll have less to suffer through when we watch episode three. But yeah, uh, I guess it's a product of its time, I suppose. It's Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. It has has impacted our culture in some way, mm-hmm. for better or worse. There's really there's really nothing I, I, I to was, say about it. Really, I it's mean, just I was a, quoting it at work today, so yeah, your quote was just like your life. <laughs> 
Right? So, person comes in late for work. Greetings, Master Jedi. After all these years, we were beginning to think you weren't coming. Did they even get the reference? No. I, I think that rests our case. This, I think it's probably the tragedy of this film. Like, especially, I think, even... I don't know. I don't know if people... If this is more forgettable than Revenge of the Sith or not, but... That's the thing. The tragedy of this film is that it's Revenge probably largely... Revenge is the best of the prequel films. Yeah, so the tragedy of this one, it's probably largely the most forgettable of the three prequels. Even though it's my favorite of the three. Even though it's yeah, not it's just, the best of the three, it's my favorite. It's just nothing really great happens in this movie. It's just slogs through, and, it's, and it happens, and sets us up for episode three. Where things get interesting. In some way. But, before we get to episode three, we have to discuss Star Wars The Clone Wars. Well, which will be interesting, because my brother has never watched more than one episode. Two. Three. Okay. Two episodes, because I made him watch one of them. Uh, so maybe, hopefully we'll have a chance to review a few of those. Get our um, impression of events between these... I- I have at Second least and third films. I have at least four that I'm planning to make him watch before All right. the next podcast. We will we'll do that. Well, for all I'm much like I'm somewhat sorry that this film had to be made. I'm sorry you all had to suffer with us discussing it. But faint not, we shall make it through the Clone Wars onto the Sith obtaining their revenge, so we can finally get to some some good Star Wars films, so. But, you know, before we get to the the good-ish films... Good-ish? Before we get to the good-ish films... Oh, boy. We, uh, we still have the, the Clone Wars to get through, and then once we get through the Clone Wars, we, uh, we still have, um... Oh, wait, Revenge of the Sith and Rogue One, right? And Rogue One and right. Solo. Oh, wow, yeah. A lot of films to cover, so... But we'll make it through them. So yeah, we still have all of those until until whatever our next thing we attempt to review is, which would be Clone Wars. Um, this me, Kenton, and Trent over here. And uh, thank you and sorry that you had to join us. So we will see you again next time in that galaxy far, far away. Cheerio.